right, let's get into the word today, shall we? This is the last of our series on its go time. And I was asked this morning, where, where did that even come from? And I said, it actually came from my son who loves sports. And for some of you who love sports, as the team's getting ready to play, as they're hyping themselves up, they'll say, let's go, come on, let's go. And, and as he was saying that, it's go time, I thought, that kind of goes along with this series that's in my heart. I think I'll title a series, Go Time. And so the series is about realizing the call of God on your life and saying yes to it. And I know that many of you through this time have said yes. And so today is really to pass the baton. And when I say that, here's what I mean by that. As pastors, Pastor D and I, we deliver messages. And the power of that message really depends on you. It really depends on what you'll take and do with it. Because we can preach it and we're one person preaching to this audience. But imagine if you take that word and you start preaching it. And you start living it. And you start filling up that area of your life, the kind of influence that begins to go out. And so that's the assignment for today. Is that you have to fill up what God is doing inside of you. And so the message today is super practical. In fact, it's probably one of the most practical messages that I have, have preached. It's not deep in theory. It is simply this. You have to take responsibility for what God has given you, and you have to fill it up. Amen. It's as simple as that. I'll say it one more time. You have to take responsibility for what God has given you in life, and you got to fill it up. So this message is about taking responsibility. And so I want you to go over with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It is a portion of Scripture that unfortunately is often overlooked because we don't, we don't know how to put it in context. And so I want to read a verse, and then I'll come back and put some context to it. But we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to begin middle ways, verse 13. This is Paul speaking to the church that he loves, the church that he birthed, the church that he's poured his life out for. And he says this, But we will not boast beyond our measure, but within the measure of the sphere which God apportioned to us as a measure to reach even as far as you. Now, he's using some terms that are measure and sphere, and what all does that mean to us? It means that you have a measure and you have a sphere. You have an area of influence in life. Everybody has one. And Paul is saying he understands that the church at Corinth is part of his circle of influence. Some of y'all been around with me a long time. I preached a message years ago. I don't know if you remember or not. Circles of influence. We talk about it often. You see, you, you don't have to save the entire world. Jesus already did that. Amen. But you do have a circle of influence. Amen. And you need to take responsibility for that area that God has given you. It's a, it's a realm of, a, of authority. It's the place where you're supposed to sow into. Paul realized he had authority when it came to Rome. Mamas and daddies, you have authority over your house. Business people, you have authority over your businesses. Ministry leaders, you have authority over the ministries that you lead. God has given that to you. And so one of the things you want to do is start looking at that. And you may say, I don't think that my influence is very large at all. And you know what I would say? That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you start with. 
it matters what you do with what you have. Yes. Scripture says, he who is faithful in little will be given much. So if you're sitting here thinking, well, I, I'm not over very much. I don't have much influence. You actually probably have more influence than you ever imagined. Amen. And the, the goal of this is to get you to begin to think about the places where you have influence. So you have been given a measure. Say, I've been given a measure. I've been given a measure. And then the next thing is, you got to know your measure. You have to know. Paul said his measure was here at Corinth. It was in the places that, that he had established. Now, here's the context for this. Paul would go into an area that there were no Christians, and he would establish a church. He did that at Galatia, and he established this church. But then after he had established the work, some folks came in behind him and said, now we want to take what he's done, and we want to make this our ministry. And what Paul was telling the people at Corinth was, those folks don't have any authority here because this is not the area that God's given them. Now, now, some of us are not used to, to thinking in those terms, but here's what Paul knew. Paul knew that he was the apostle to the, to the Gentiles. He knew that the other apostles were the apostles to the Jewish church. And those guys realized that they had to operate in their spheres of influence. Are you with me? So there were times that they would get together and they would do things. They came together. They talked about uh, theology and, and what was supposed to happen in certain instances. But then they went back and they operated in their spheres of influence. And you know what that does? It creates order in life. And when you know your area and you're holding down your area, it allows the Spirit of God to flow. Now I want to tell you, we live in America... And because of that, we have almost this bad taste in our mouth for all authority. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. we, we live in a society now that seems to almost hate authority. But can I tell you that God's blessings flow through legitimate authority? Amen. Now, I'm not talking about domineering authority. I'm not talking about controlling authority. I'm not talking about rebels. That's all the same thing, Right? But I'm talking about God flows through God-given authority. So I want to ask you to do this, and you're going to have to go away with an assignment. Is it okay to go to church and get an assignment? Amen. It's even better if you get the assignment and you do it. Yeah, I know some of y'all, y'all were in school, right? I know what you did with homework. Yeah. But this is homework, and I'm just going to trust you to do it. But here's what I did this entire week, and I want to ask you to do it. As I sat down and I looked at all the areas, God, show me the areas where I have influence. And I started listing things. I started listing my family. I started thinking about my extended family. Started thinking about you guys and put you down on there. I serve on some boards, and so I started thinking about the, the boards that I serve on. I started thinking about the, the community and different things that I'm involved in within the community. And as I looked at those, I realized that there are places where I have an awful lot of authority. And in some places where I, I don't have as much authority. But my goal was this, God, I want to fill up every area that you've given me. And I want to ask you to do the same. That you would start listing. I think you ought to put it down on paper. You ought to start putting down on paper the areas that God has given you authority over. If you're a mama and a daddy, put your family down. 
If your kids are grown, know that you still have some influence over their life, I hope, right? That you can still speak into their life. Wherever you are among your uh, relatives, when you go to work, all of those are your spheres of influence. Now, once you've got your sphere of influence, what in the world do you do with it? Verse 8. Here's what Paul said. For even if I boast somewhat further about our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for destroying you. He tells us what to do with our authority. You use authority to build people up, not tear it down. That's why people have gotten so upset with authority. It's because authority has been abusive. And it's taken advantage of people. And it's promoted themselves. And because of that, people were destroyed and not built up. And that's why people tend to hate authority. But i got to tell you, this is no time to throw the baby out with the bathwater. This is no time to say that because there have been bad authority figures in life, we're going to get away, we're just going to do away with authority. Well, I imagine there's some bad mechanics in life, but I don't want to get rid of all mechanics. I need my car fixed. Yes, sir. I imagine there's some bad plumbers in the world, but I have never heard anybody say, well, I have had a bad plumber, so I just simply will not have plumbing. <laughs> I'm almost positive you never said that. But oh, how many people will say, I've been hurt in church, so I just ain't going back. Yeah? That's the only place people apply that to. And the reason is because the enemy's trying to come in and destroy what he knows is God's given system for making things work. So leaders, here's our assignment. Lead well. Leaders more than ever. It is important for you to lead well. Mamas and daddies, more than ever, it is important with the, the onslaught that comes against our families for us to take this thing seriously and lead well. For us as people in the business world to lead different than the people around us in the business world. And for us to do this thing called church, to put a whole heart into it and do it well. And so I look at it in this terms of, of shepherding. And I've studied shepherding a lot. And if you're a pastor, you get to look at shepherding a lot because everybody wants you to preach on Psalms 23 at their <laughs> funeral. So you get really good at Psalm 23. But beyond that, Psalm 23 is my life verse, my, my, the, my life psalm chapter. It is because I truly believe that God is a good shepherd. And I believe that what David was doing is he was telling us the ingredients of a good shepherd. And here's what good shepherds do. They lead, they feed, and they protect. You ought to write that down. Yeah. They lead, they feed, and they protect. What do I mean by leading? <laughs> there, there have been times in my life that I have had older Christians come and Take me by the hand almost. You ever had a grandma do that to you? Any of y'all ever had that kind of grandma that you didn't really know what to do and so she grabbed you by the hand and helped you know what to do? She grabbed you by the hand she said, come on, I'm going to show you. Yeah? That's how, that's how my grandma would do with some things. She said, come on, let's just go. I've I, I got to show you how to do it. I can't tell you. i got to show you, right? Yeah, leading is helping people understand where to go. Leadership is, is influence. It's about helping people know to do the, the right things. And so shepherds lead and shepherds feed. You know why this is so important? 
Because this is where you get fed. This is spiritual food. This is the place that you go to become strong. It's not this thing that I check off every morning or evening that said I I read a chapter so it must be good. No, this is like food. i got to have it. If I'm going to survive, you got to see this thing like food. And what do parents do? They pour the Word of God into their kids. Now, you got to be a little crafty about it, right? you you to you got to be wise about it, which means you got to be looking for one of those moments. It's one of those, those spiritual moments, you know what I'm talking about? Where, for whatever reason, your kids just tuned in for that moment. You've got their ear. You don't know what you did to deserve it. But they're listening. And there's like this moment that you can speak truth in. Ooh, you can get more done in that five-minute conversation on the way to school or over dinner, or riding, whatever it may be, you can get more done in that moment than you can in anything you planned. So you got to be ready to feed anytime. Kind of like I see Audrey in the back. She just had a little, little boy. You just got to feed him when he's hungry, right? You got to be ready to feed. So you got to be ready to feed the people who are under you. Here's another one. You say, I don't know the word very well. Well, until you get schooled up on the Word, until you study and do the work to know the words, you know what you can be? An encourager. Because encouragement will feed the soul. Ooh, there's a world out there that is starved for encouragement. Needs somebody to pull for them. Needs a, a cheerleader, a coach, somebody who will tell them, come on, let's go. It's go time. That will encourage them. So we lead and we feed and we protect. That means that we, we become a covering for the people who are in our care. We become a shield. Now here's where you know the difference between a shepherd and what Scripture calls a hireling. Oh, this is about to get good. Y'all ready? Yes, sir. All right, buckle up. Here's the difference between a shepherd and a hireling. A shepherd is all about the sheep. A hireling is all about himself. Yeah, Scripture tells us about that. It says, be careful of the hireling. You see, the shepherd, he knows that his job is to give his life for the sheep, the people in authority. That's why when bullets start raining, mamas grab their kids and fall on them. That's why daddies run and grab their kids up and scoop them up in their arms when there's trouble. Why? Because they know that because of that great love for that child, they would risk their own life. Yeah, you see, that's what has to happen in the other areas of your life too. Is If you're in the business world, your employees are not there to make you money. In case you didn't notice, I said something different than the world's preaching. I just want to make sure y'all knew. Your employees aren't there for you to make money. Your employees are there for you to pour into them so that they can be the very best that they can possibly be. Your job is to make them better. Wherever you are, here in, in church, it is that you would give your life Leanne is over here teaching our kids right now. And I guarantee you what? That young lady will lay down her life for those kids. 
and, and that whole group of people are just like them. I see y'all smiling in the group. Y'all part of that group. You will lay down your life for those kids. Yeah. But now what does a hireling do? A hireling thinks everybody is there in order to promote them. So they go into the, the business world and all they're trying to do is get a promotion. Oh yeah, you met some of them, hadn't you? Yeah. You know why they're there. They're there to climb the corporate ladder to advance themselves and to advance their career. And when you find someone like that, you be careful. You be careful because those folks will get you. <laughs> they, they don't care anything about you. All they care about is advancing their cause. Ooh, I, I said it in the business world, but can I tell you that it happens in the spiritual realm too? Oh, can I just talk about preachers for a minute? Pastor D and I here. I'll talk about preachers. You don't ever want a preacher who takes a small church in order that one day he can get a big church. Amen. That's a dangerous preacher. Yes, sir. Because you know what that tells you? He don't care nothing about you. He's just using you to get to something better. Whatever field you put that in, that's what hirelings do. They use the people under them to get to whatever it is they really want. And the reality is we all know when we're being used, don't we? You can feel it. You just know when somebody's trying to, to advance themselves and to, to use you and they're trying to leverage their, their current situation for another. And when you read Paul, you hear him say that the Lord gave me this responsibility to build you up. So here's where you'll know where the shepherds are. Just wait for the bullets to start flying. Just wait for the wheels to fall off. Just wait for the situation to get desperate, for things to not be working right. And the ones who are the hirelings, you know what they'll do? They'll run for the hills. Because in John chapter 10, it says when the wolf comes, the hirelings will run. That's how you know when, who the shepherds are. Let it get tough. Sit around and watch. You know that in your own life, right? That's how you choose who your real friends are. When it gets tough, the ones that don't just turn their back on you, the ones that are still there for you. Yeah, what that is, is us knowing who has a heart and who doesn't. i got to keep moving. Now what happens when we do this correctly? When we pour into people? What happens is we begin to, to create a place where people can grow. We begin to create an environment where people can can feel God and they can hear God and, and things are going well. As a leader, you begin to, to be this conduit. I've been thinking about Roman aqueducts this week. I know, that's, that's completely random, isn't it? But you know, that's, yeah, you know. Sometimes I can just have a completely random thought. But I'm thinking about aqueducts. And somehow Rome could take water from one place and move it to another place and, and somehow without lasers and all of that, they could put just the right amount of grade on it to where the water flowed and it didn't pile up and it traveled over these amazing distances. And I'm like, that's what leadership is. That's what the channel of authority is. Is that God says, I want to bless a people, but i got to have some conduits. i got to have some aqueducts. And the leaders are that. They get the water, the food, everything from God, and they bring it to His people. Now, if you were a shepherd, that got you excited. Amen. To think, I could be the part 
of advancing my kids so that my, my kids could be spiritually more solid than I ever was. That I could, that I could be life-given to an organization. That I could be life-given to, to a church. And what happens is you begin to pour your life out to people. People begin to realize that they can trust you. And so what happens is when Kim begins to give her life for people, people begin to say, you know what? I think Kim loves me. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you got some people in your life like that, right? I'm just going to use Kim for a minute. But you say, you know what? I think Kim loves me. Because Kim goes out of her way. She'll inconvenience herself for me. Can I tell you that if you're going to do this right, you're going to be inconvenienced? Can I just tell you that if you're going to love well, if you're going to lead well, you're going to be inconvenienced? There's a lot of people who say, if you need me, you call me. And what that means is, if it's the third Thursday after the first full moon of a leap year, after Saturn has erupted around Jupiter, I'll help you. Yeah. And you call on them, and every time you need them, they're not there. But when you realize, wait a minute, she'll drop something and she'll come to me. Ooh, that builds something inside of you, right? And then when she begins to talk, you begin to hear not just her voice, but listen to this. Your heart. Oh, mamas and daddies. <laughs> you see, a lot of times our kids are hearing our voices, but they've never heard our heart. You see, the most important thing is the first thing they have to know is that your heart is for them. And if they know that under any circumstance or situation that they cannot break love with you, then you earn an awful lot of authority to speak into their life. You begin to get their ear. And they'll hear things that are tough. Do you know that when you're leading people that you can speak tough things into them if you have loved them well? And you can say some things and they don't understand it. And they'll go, I don't understand them right now. I don't even know where they're leading us right now. But I trust them. Yeah. And you begin to follow. And that's what happens when people lead well. But I need to tell you about this. You want to know what happens when you don't do it well? Let me take a minute or two on that. Let's just say you don't want to accept responsibility. It's too tough. It's hard work. You don't want to do it. You just want to get by, make money, retire, and fish. There's nothing wrong with fishing. That's right. Nothing wrong with fishing. No. But let's just say you don't want to take responsibility. Then, then what happens is, is this. The people who you were supposed to be in authority for, you see, God still sees you as that person that was in authority in that situation. You're just AOL. You're absent without leave. And what happens is if you're not there providing what you're supposed to be providing, that group of people will start just trying to take care for themselves. They'll just start fending. Can I use a good southern word? They'll just start fending for themselves. And before long, everybody is doing what is right in their own eyes. Why? I believe that's why Jesus looked at Jerusalem and He wept because He said they're like sheep without a shepherd. People who don't have leadership begin to just do whatever seems right in their own eyes. And then this one, if there is no shepherd, it is amazing how the wolves will come out. Amen. 
Amen. Can I tell you about the wolves? Yeah. yeah, the wolves are those people who came to Galatia after Paul left Galatia and then he followed him over to Corinth after he finished Corinth, which was they didn't care anything about what Paul was building. They wanted to come in and do their own thing and use it for their own advancement and they were wolves. And I'll tell you that the wolves are looking for places where there's no leadership. So if there's no leadership in your home, oh, you like Kevin, you done started meddling. <laughs> Can I tell you, if there's no leadership in your home, the wolves will find your kids and tell them what to listen to. The wolves will find your kids and tell them what to believe. The wolves will find them and act like they love them just long enough to use them. And then now you're going to be left with the mess because the wolves will be gone after they've done their destruction. Can I tell you this is serious business? That you got to take this thing seriously. You got to know where God's given you authority and you got to fill it up because if you don't, someone else will. And then if the wolves don't come, the alphas will come. You know what the alphas are? The alphas in the room? You've never heard of that? Just get in a room with a group of people and give it about 10 or 20 minutes or so and you will figure out who the dominant personality in the room is, right? Yeah. That was the alphas clapping. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the alphas will go into a room and they'll see a little bit of chaos and they'll go, yep, I can fix that. Right? And they start telling people what to do. And they'll start fixing things. Can I tell you what's the problem with that? Yeah, it's in your nature to lead. That's part of your nature. But you may be leading in an area that is not your responsibility. It wasn't your measure. It wasn't your sphere. And you know what happened? You thought you were doing good, didn't you? You thought it was just chaos. I just came in to save the day. Put on my cape. <laughs> flew in. Straightened it out. Put your guns back in your holsters and go on back. Yeah. That wasn't your area. That wasn't yours. If you're an alpha, you got to look at that situation and decide, is that my measure? Is that my sphere? And if it's not, keep your hands off of it. Because what you'll do is you'll replace the one who God put there to really be in authority. Amen. That was a good word. I could close on that if I wanted to. Can I tell you? That's what happens when people don't leave. You say, I'm insecure. I don't care. We can't afford for you to be insecure. you got to leave because if you don't leave, the wolves will come in, the alphas will come in, Satan will come in, and whatever it is you're in charge of will be destroyed. Mm, it's go time. Go time. Hmm. Selective authority. Can we talk about that one? Yes, sir. That's when God's given you a measure, but you don't want all of it. You want to pick and choose. Whew. Here's what that looks like. You've taken responsibility for something because you believe it is yours to do. But there's certain parts of it that you don't like. 
So as a, a husband, there's certain things you don't like. And so what you do is you say, well, I'm just delegated. I'm the head of the house. Oh, that makes me so mad when I hear that. <laughs> and I'm, I let my wife do that. And I'm like, if that's what your wife was supposed to do, cool. But if you're shirking responsibility because you didn't want to do it, you're wrong. Every person in that relationship has got something they're supposed to do. You don't have the right to pick and choose what you want to do when you're leading. Yeah, when you're in the business world and you're out there and you're like, I don't want to do this kind of thing, so I'm going to delegate it to somebody else. Do you know that they can't bear fruit in that if that wasn't theirs? If God didn't give them that to do. If it was yours to do, you're the only one that can fill that up. Yeah. And then in ministry. I know there's some things I just don't like to do. Honestly, there's some things that I just don't like to do. And what I'd like to do as a pastor is I'd like to do all the things that I like to do. Yeah. And I'd like to forget about the things that I don't like to do. Or I'd like to give them away to somebody else and try to get them to do it. But the reality is I have to sit down and see what God gave me to do and I have to fill that area up. The whole thing. I have to fill the whole thing up. I cannot give away the stuff that I don't like just because I don't like it. Whew, okay, I'm feeling good about this. I think I got y'all's attention. <laughs> Yay. What happens if you lose track of... You, you, you ever heard the saying, know your lane? Stay in your lane? Yeah. You ever heard that, stay in your lane? Yeah. yeah, Paul would say it this way, stay in your sphere of influence. He would say, stay in the measure that God has given you, and if you stay in that measure, you'll be fruitful, and everybody around you will be, but if you get out of your lane, if you get out of your sphere, there's some trouble that's going to happen. Let me see if I can explain how that works. My dad is here, my son is back there with Jeff. So, dad is the authority figure in my life while I'm growing up, but then I get married, and I have my own family, and at that point, what is a man supposed to do? Leave his father and his mother. Cling to his wife, the two are to be one, right? Yeah. There's a responsibility on behalf of that father to know when it is time to pass responsibility off to his now grown child. Are you with me? Yes. Now what happens is, let's say I hadn't done a very good job, and he doesn't trust me very much, and he thinks, oh, that Kevin, he's going to mess this thing up. And he's like, so I'm going to stay connected, and I'm going to help him, and I'm going to tell him what to do. Okay? Now, Brandon and I have a child, and that child begins to develop, and it's our job, right? Everybody say yes. yes. It is our job to parent that child. Not these two grandparents. <laughs> I was their responsibility. Okay? Now it's mine. Now, now I understand I can't get into all the different things where you have to start taking responsibility and divorce and all those kind of things. Okay? Y'all work that out with God. <laughs> That's too much for today. Okay? It's too much. Just this one point. We're trying to raise Caden. And now dad is trying to tell me how to be a dad. That is bad news. 
That is bad news. Because what happens is, when I'm trying to make a decision, I'm thinking about him and whether or not he approves of me or not. And then he keeps jumping in telling me, no, you should have done it this way or you should have done it that way. And for the person who is legitimately in authority, it becomes a mess. It becomes absolutely chaotic to where you don't even know if you've got good sense to raise a child or not. <laughs> you know? And, and so what has to happen is, I'll speak to the, to the grandparents for a minute, those of you who are getting grown kids, there has to be a place in your life where you transition that over and you realize that is not my realm anymore. That's their realm. And if I dip into their realm, I'm actually harming them. Now, what can he do? And this is what my dad has done. He's always been there. You see, you don't lose your place. You actually get a higher place. You see, you become the go-to person. Which means if there's problems, you want to know where I'm going to go? I'm going to go to my daddy. (laughs) I'm 43 years old. But because he's done this well... He's earned the privilege. He's earned the right. He's earned my trust that if I've got a problem, I want to go to him and I want to say, what do you think? And then he looks at me and he says, well, and he, and he starts talking. And at the end of the day, if, he, if you do it real well, you usually don't even give people the answer. You let them figure out the answer for themselves. Yeah. You don't tell them, I think you ought to do this, or I think you ought to do this. You put some biblical principles together, you look at the Word of God, and then you look at them and you say, now, what do you think you should do based on that? Quick story, Jeff Lucas, who is, works with our youth, he was trying to decide if he was going to go into ministry full-time, what he was supposed to do. He shared this story, so I can share it too, because he shared it in front of you guys. We sat down together, he said, Kevin, what do you think? We looked at the Word of God together, And then I looked at him and I said, so what are you going to do? He said, I don't know. What would you do? (laughs) I said, Jeff, let me tell you where my authority ends. Right up here against you. I said, I have the authority to tell you what I believe the Word of God says in this situation. I I have the authority to be able to point you in some directions of what I believe God will do. But my authority stops right there. Only you can make that decision. Because once you've made it, you will have to pay a price for every decision you make, right? Amen. And the last thing Jeff Lucas needs is for, Kevin to, uh, for him to think about Kevin and go, well, dog, the only reason I'm in this is because Kevin told me to. <laughs> now it's Kevin's fault, right? But if I stop right there where I know the end of my authority ended and I stopped right there and I said, what do you want to do? And then Jeff figures it out. Now when he runs into trouble, you know what Jeff says? I'm here because God put me here. And I'm here because I know this is where God wants me. He don't even think about Kevin anymore because he's made the decision for himself. Do you see how uh, you you can overstep your bounds? You can get in another person's lane. And when you do that, you create chaos in that environment. One last thing and then we're going to close. What happens if you got that grandma or grandpa? <laughs> or you got that person who is stepping in and they've overstepped their bounds and they're stepping into your area. The tendency is you want to become defensive, isn't it? 
that's where you begin to want to draw your lines and you want to tell people, look, buddy, you better stay back. I'm in charge here. I'm the, what, I'm the boss. I'm the supervisor. I'm the pastor of Ember Church. I ran into a quote from Margaret Thatcher. I've used it here before. I'm going to use it again. She said, if you have to tell people you're a lady, you probably aren't. <laughs> if I have to go around telling everybody that I'm the pastor of Ember Church, I'm probably not a good pastor. If you have to tell your kids, because I said so, I'm your mama. You probably have not earned the authority of your kids. That might be the problem. Yeah. If you have to tell somebody in the business world, because I signed the bottom right-hand corner of your check. That's a very powerful tool, by the way. <laughs> if you have to say it, you're probably not. And so as we... Draw to the end of this thing. Here's what I want to leave you with. God has given you a measure. He has given you a sphere. And you're the only one that can hold down that sphere unless you simply refuse and God has to replace you. We've talked about that. We don't want that to happen. No. So you need to get before God and say, God, what is my sphere of influence? What am I supposed to hold down? And then to realize that in that area that God is going to give you authority. You say, I don't, I'm not even sure I can hear God. Do you know that you won't be able to hear God until you take authority? Yeah. Why would God tell you something and then have to hold you accountable for something He knows you're not going to do? Oh, that was a good word. Yeah. It is when you take responsibility that you begin to hear the voice of God for your kids. When you say, you know what? I'm a daddy, and I'm the only one. I'm going to be one. I'm a mama. I'm going to be one. I'm this in work. I'm going to be it. I'm this in ministry. And when you do that, you begin to hear God. So what is your area? Take responsibility for it. You begin to hear God. And then the last thing is this. Fill it up. Fill it up. Fill up your area. And here's the amazing thing that happens when you fill that area up. You build authority down, not up. Which means if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you've got to be a servant. If you, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, it is not trying to figure out a way to get a title. It is about serving whoever it is around you and serving them well. You say, well, all I have is my family. Serve them well. Serve them well. You say, I don't, there's only like two of us. I'd say, serve it well. Pour into those people. Bless them. Lead. Feed them. And then as you do that, then they're going to go out and they're going to do things. And then when you get to heaven one day, you won't even know how many people you've influenced. Mm. Yeah. Don't worry about being great. Worry about serving the people in the area that God has given you. And he who is faithful with little will be given much. Yeah, can I pray for you guys? This is serious business. And, and, I'm, and I'm just praying. In fact, I'm going to start praying now. God, I pray in the name of Jesus right now. Mm.
that for so many who have been praying and praying and praying and felt like there was something just missing. Lord, I'd ask that if it is just a simple fact that there was no responsibility taken, that Father, right now, we, as those who are in this room and on Facebook Live, that we would look and say, yes, Lord, I'll take responsibility. I'll take you for my family. I'll take you for work. I'll take responsibility here at the church. And I'll pour myself into people to lead, to feed, and to protect. And so, Father, I pray that you would unleash a group of shepherds in this church. A group of people who are willing to give themselves for others. I pray for a group of shepherds for this community, God. Lord, I believe so many times we, as Larry was talking about gun violence, is that we have so many people killing themselves because they simply don't have good shepherds who are leading, feeding, and protecting. So God, I pray you raise up a, a Jeremiah 33 group of shepherds that will know the sheep and will love them and will give them quiet places of rest. Oh God, I believe this is a Jeremiah 33 time. Well, we're going to rise up and take the areas that you've given us. Now here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to pray very specifically for you. If you're ready... And you say today, God, I'm going to fill up the area of responsibility that you've given me. It's best I know how, trusting that, God, you are a better shepherd than I am a sheep, that you'll lead me in it. If I will just simply take responsibility, God, that will give you permission to move. Is there anybody out here today that says, I am willing to fill up my measure? Yeah. 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 Let me say it one more time. That you said, I am willing. I will fill up my measure. I will take responsibility. Yeah. Then I release the, the promises of God over you today. The promises of God that He will give you everything you need and that you will be blessed so that you can be a blessing in Jesus' name.